On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. This is Lou from Reverb Nation. You're listening to The Loud Spot with Sebastian and Sam McIntosh. No, no Sam. No, no Sam. No Sam. Okay. I'm supposed to be executive producer, but (laughs) somehow I got sucked into doing interviews with him. What's up, everybody? Welcome to The Loud Spot. I'm your host, Sebastian Cosme, right out of Oklahoma City. Super excited about today's podcast. We have Mr. Sam McIntosh with Diamond Noise Agency. And we got Lou Playa, Reverb Nation. What's up, dude? What's going on? How are you guys tonight? I'm cold. Good, good. Cold. Sam's out there traveling the world right now, or traveling the United States, and Lou looks, Lou's not cold, he's super warm and comfy looking in his <laughs> in his New York City flat. Hey, I gotta no. thank you for the compliment you gave me earlier about I got a great voice. I think my voice sucks for this man. No, I love it, I think it's good, it's, it's, it's like funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got a funny voice! <laughs> yeah. No, it's good, but it's like, it's got, you're like, this guy's going to be funny. (laughs) Yeah, but unfortunately, he does have a face for radio, so it just works out. Yeah. (laughs) I do want to ask you, so you live in in New York, you live in, not New York City, but you live in New York State. Long Long Island. Yeah, Long Island. Long Island. And the headquarters for Reverb Nation is in North Carolina. Yeah. So long before COVID happened, you were already working from home. Yeah, I've been uh, working from home for like the last four or five years. Do you ever go to North Carolina to visit the headquarters? Um, you know what? I only go there like probably once or twice a year. Um, we talk we talk every week. We'll chat um, every other week. Um, they're all the tech guys and they're all the business guys. And, you know, I work with uh, just a couple of us in the music side of things, you know, dealing with the artists. Um, and I... I, I pretty much deal with mostly the industry i don't deal that much with the artists either so when you go down there to north carolina do you ever go there like like fucking because you got to fire somebody <laughs> like you're like no not me <laughs> no, no no we got i got i, I have a, even though i started the company i have other partners and luckily one of them is the boss <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you, you don't got to deal with it no way <laughs> what what is it like knowing that you got like Three and a half million bands, or however fucking many bands it is, on it's Reverb Nation. It's, it's way a, more than that now. It's, it's like yeah, we got a little over five million now. I was gonna say it's probably closer Jesus. to six million yeah. bands. Do you ever yeah, go? Do you ever go on there and listen to some of these bands and like shake your head? 
Or do you go in there and be like, these guys are actually pretty fucking cool? Uh, it's it's both. I mean, to be honest, we got, you know, I'm, I'm not going to lie. There's, if we got 5 million bands, there's probably uh, 4.9 million of them that um, probably won't be millionaires. But a lot of them can make a good living out of it. Um, probably not 4 million of them might not be able to make a good living out of it. Um, they're all better than me, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> they're I, better than I me, too. I remember you sharing a story uh, about a girl who was not making it in the United States, but her her um, her fan base was overseas, and she Yeah, Tori, you, yeah. Yeah, Tori, there you go. Tori, Tori you, Sparks. Yeah, so you told her, well, then what are you doing here? Get over there. Yeah. And she's doing very well over there. Yeah, she's doing amazing. She's. I guess she was in... I think she came from Nashville and like an Americana type artist. And then she's like, Lou, I use a gig finder on Reverb Nation and all my fans look like they're in Bar- in Spain. I'm like, so cool in Spain. She <laughs> has not come back. It's been like 10 no. years. <laughs> Why would you? I mean, it's Spain. You're like, yeah, you know what? Yeah. United States is so, yeah, it's laissez yeah. fair. That's- and now she's like huge. Now she does like late night TV shows. And then she's like on the Leno show, like the Letterman show. Actually, neither one of them are around anymore, right? They're retired already. They're retired. Jimmy Fallon is John Belushi's not on Saturday Night Live anymore. I I heard he had this problem with cocaine and died. (laughs) (laughs) No. I learned learned that from Sam, actually. So Sam's taught me a lot about... uh, you got to play where you're known. And I didn't know that. You know, I used to be in a lot of shady bands when I was younger. And I think I, by the time he started Reverb Nation, I was already not doing music done. anymore. I was already yeah. done. Like, you know, I tried. Now you're, I'm now a you're whole, shitty podcast. Now I'm doing it. Shitty podcast. <laughs> That's all I got left. The, but, I, but, I, but, you know, as a band, you, most bands don't realize you need structure. You need to know where your audience is. And technology that we have now helps us do that. You can look at stats and see where you're yeah. played. But how hard would it have been? Because you were, you were like, what, the VP of Atlantic Records or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. so back when you were there, how hard was it to find out where a band's main audience was? Yeah, it was kind of crazy. We actually, I mean, if you go back, like, late 80s, early 90s when I started. Many moons. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Many moons ago. <laughs> yeah. it was like, you when, know, they, when Lou had <laughs> hair. When Lou had hey, hair. Hey, hey, hey. I had hair. hair. <laughs> I'm getting it there, guys. I'm getting it. <laughs> Just oh, trying to hold on. Back then it was crazy. We would have to call, I mean, not my department, but um, A&R guys would call up stores and say, what's selling? Because that's, your only base was, you know, if, if, a, if a band came, an unsigned band came through, Boston, and um, they did a show where they were on the radio. They got a few spins in Boston, and if the CDs or actually albums or whatever were flying off the shelves, that's the band you want to sign. That's the only yeah. really data you had. And then we used to fudge it. It was, it was all fake. Yeah, we, we, you know, we'd send um, we'd send you know sixty promo copies to the stores and mark them as sold, even though they weren't sold. Um, <laughs> so bring up the you charge the band. Remember, you charge yeah. the band oh, yeah, that for breaking. Oh, 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 o
was. Little little well, inside, little inside I, to the music industry, I guess, huh? Yep. It doesn't happen like that. But you know what's funny is I still see contracts to this day that say breakage in it, and I'm like, are you? And I tell yeah, the man, right? hey, tell your lawyer this needs to be redone right here. You're not doing <laughs> breakage. You're not I, I, I used to go out with a girl um, that was signed to Atlantic Records. I was just telling my wife this, and uh, they had she actually had more. She had negative sales, so we, we <laughs> oh, shipped no. like 20, 25,000 albums out, and like thirty thousand came back. <laughs> <laughs> all, the, all the promo units came back. Yeah. I just fired the, that marketing guy. That probably their, their end cap or the design was not working. Yeah, exactly. You're like you're gonna have to take off your shirt, honey. That's probably <laughs> so I can make some money, dude. Yeah. So. I, I went on Reverb Nation earlier today to check it out. I'm not in a band, and I I really wasn't into the music scene again until I started this podcast. And it COVID kind of got me into it, right? Got me going yeah. back to my got, got me going back to my roots. So I went on Reverb Nation. I was like, I wonder if they have podcasts on there. So I typed in. No, I know, I know, I know that already. <laughs> I know, I know. You are shaking heads. I had no. Yeah, yeah. But I, but I went on there and I was like, well, let me type in podcast under search. If you've never typed in podcast under your own website, you are missing some weird content, dude. Like there's some. Oh my god. Yeah, like some weird automated thing and like like okay. Do it. He does this do with it. porn as well. So <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I go I go to pornhub.com and type in a podcast. Let's <laughs> see what happens. Let's <laughs> see what happens. Well, I got nothing else to do, right? I'm mine as yeah. mine as well, dude. So I, so going on YouTube, and I was like, let me look up Luke Playa, and I wasn't sure how to say your last name 100. percent mm-hmm. And I'm sure, and like my last name, it kind of looks like it could be Playa or. Whatever, I'm sure you get a lot of that. When oh, you yeah. when you are going to concerts, okay, you you go to a concert and there's like you know it's thousands of people there. When you walk out from backstage or wherever you're from, do you automatically get called by different interviewing companies, or is that always planned? Uh, no, I never really plan anything. Pretty much, just kind of play it by ear. Yeah. I saw one concert you were at where there was a girl who kind of leaned up on you and she was talking with you. And now they're you're, like... You're talking about conferences. He goes to a lot of conferences. So. Yeah. Oh, I know. You're okay. talking about Ariana. The girl Ariana. That was yeah. In yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, oh, I didn't know. I didn't think it hey, Louie, come over here and do this <laughs> do this uh, little interview real quick. Because I didn't know, if, you know, being who you are, if people just kind of recognize you and just want you to kind of go over there and... And you just kind of randomly walk over that way and just talk to whoever has a microphone. I think this no, is how you get I, Lou I never to come set anything over. Up really. you, have, you have his favorite beer and say, hey, Lou, there's some free food and beer over here. That's it. That works. We will be there in a hurry. Yeah. <laughs> we will. We, we, on the, at the conferences, on panels, it's like, shot of whiskey or a beer and I'm going to your show tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is Reverb Nation still sponsoring tours? I mean, I know there's no tours right no. now because of COVID. You guys are done doing that. Yeah, we, we never really um, never really sponsored anything. I, I think the first year or two, we sponsored a couple of little tours. Um, we did one with Rehab, actually. Um, that was yeah, probably rehab. the only real name you know, established that band that we did anything with. Okay. Yeah, right? That's right. That's right. Um, but we've never done anything since because there's, there's too much legal shit and insurance things that we'd have to get. And and we're not good at it. You know, we're not, we're not producers. We're not event people. 
So we what stay about away just from it. doing like in-kind sponsorships and, and maybe, you know, fronting money for advertising? That's it. Yeah, we never even do that either. It's weird because as long as you, you attach your name to something, even if it's just a sponsor, even if there's no money changing hands, if something happens, they somebody sues everybody, every, every name on there. And it's just not worth it for us to do it. You know, we don't really get much out of it. So yeah, and and I think we can probably take the biggest thing from uh, these past couple of years is Kevin Lyman and and Warped Tour and yeah. having to deal with that whole shit show that you know band because bands can't behave themselves or or they can't act. Their, but you also have the other side that says, "Hey, we're rock and rollers, man. Right. We don't, you know." But it's like, yeah, but we're also a business, and we can't yeah. have craziness happening and we can't be your mommy and daddy and then of course we had the what two years ago the indiana state fair and that whole deal and everyone that was included in that and i know that's one of the reasons why i kind of stepped back as a promoter in in my region in vegas and and phoenix and yuma arizona where yeah. i actually live in san diego because i just don't want to deal with all the little things that could go wrong and then you're just stuck in a legal battle until yeah. you're broke so has, has Reverb Nation, when, since you guys first started till today, because of that whole scenario, has your company as a whole kind of shifted direction and changed from the original plan of what you had wanted to start? Yeah, I, I think when I first came up with the idea, I wanted it to be more of a social network, uh, more fans and artists. Okay. Um, but... I'm not a technology guy and I'm not necessarily an, I'm not a really an investment type guy. And I didn't realize if you wanted to create a fan site, like a Facebook or something like that, you need like billions of dollars, not millions, but billions. You know, we raised, you know, like whatever it was $10 million and stuff like that. We've probably spent um, investing wise. Um, and that's nowhere near enough to start a fan company. Right. Um, so we kind of, we kind of segued and said, you know what, we'll have fans on the site if they want to come. But, we don't have a lot to do for fans. You know, they can create a playlist here and there, listen to music, but we're strictly an artist services site. Um, we've done a really bad job of saying that. <laughs> like, like you go to our website, it's like, wait, I see charts, I see features. Are you trying to tell me what bands to listen to or what? But in reality, what's, some of it's going to actually change over the next few months where you're going to see it's for artists, you know, right. want distribution and basic stuff. You know, we're not, we're not getting you on the radio. We're not making anyone a superstar. Um, we give you the basic essential shit, like an email system, an EPK, you know, things like that, distribution, publishing administration. I, I think what's really cool about looking at your website is I went on there, you have three plans. You have like the basic yeah. plan, like the middle plan, and then the 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 best plan or whatever to get more Bells done. And whistles. <laughs> I, I, th <laughs> I think I think you need the uh... cool. email you directly to say, hey, it's okay. You might want to do take off your clothes. Yeah. <laughs> I I th I, th I think you should have like a straight up just make it famous plan, and it costs like a half million bucks. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> you know what? That would actually probably work because you take that money and invest it in them and say, "There you go." There you go. This a long time ago. Dude, you know, Bitcoin. I, I yeah, bit, I heard about your Bitcoin. You made some money. In Bitcoin. Oh, did you really? Yeah, he yeah, bought a, a boat too. I want a boat. And all you see on his on his Facebook is his, his smiling face with the in his boat. Yeah, I, I, I call it Bitty Boat. <laughs> Yeah, I have a question, Lou. Now, now, when it do you, and I know you get this a lot, and I 
pretty much sure everyone across the board in this industry, whether you're a management company, anything you do with artists, you get a lot. I know you probably get the biggest thing is like, oh, reverb scam, reverb ripped me off, reverb sucks, and yeah. and and I know, and and I know this for a fact that it's like, dude, first of all, you're not utilizing what we're putting here. We're not here yeah. to make really make you famous we're here to give you opportunities so you can do yourself and make yourself right. famous much like like when i'm when i get with a band the first question what can you do for me well what can you do for yourself that i can yeah. help sell and help manage uh, that's one of my biggest things like i i can't make you famous you make yourself yep. famous with the content you create i don't create it exactly all i do is i repackage package it brand it sell it get people on board for a team wise. And that's kind of the way I feel with reverb nation. Cause I see that all the time people yeah. are complaining because they didn't become famous it, because like we've talked about earlier. Well, there's probably a reason why, and you're not yeah. paying attention to it because it's probably your music or you're not utilizing the systems yeah. that it's set up to, for you to advance yourself like a festival it, opportunity. It's, and it's, they're like, yeah, I never got picked. I never got picked. Yeah, I get that all the time. I got, I got one actually today. Probably. It was the same thing. It was um, but I it always was me. Get the same, I, I sent it. To I never. You. <laughs> it's a scam. Like first of all, it's free to submit. We don't charge a submission fee. Right. Second of all, over ten thousand people a year get picked for our things. Um, and maybe you just suck. You know, I mean, what do you want me? I don't know. I mean, there was. It's not. There's it, sometimes it's timing. Maybe they didn't need a punk rock band for their metal show at this time. Maybe somebody was just one slot better than you. Whatever. Can't pick everyone. I mean, there's five million bands. It's not. It's not <laughs> Reverb Nation's fault if your band is not getting known or picked for anything on your platform. It's not your fault. Right. But every band thinks they're the best band out of Dodge. Every right. every they band thinks. <laughs> yeah, they, they they do have to. Otherwise, they wouldn't want to do it, right? If you thought your band yeah. sucked, you'd find a new band. But the yeah. fact of the matter is, you got five million bands on there. Probably a very more of a larger percentage of them aren't as great. There's probably a very small percentage that are really good. Yeah, and it, and there's only there's only like there's only a few thousand that actually submit to these things. Like just because we have five million bands, it's not like well we we just launched Summerfest. We got we got like fifteen slots at Summerfest this year. Right. We, every year they give us fifteen slots, and there's only going to be only I say only, but there's be like yeah. four or five thousand bands will submit to it. Not five million. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but you got to be, you know, you got to be really good. The talent body is going to go through it. They don't want to put some blocky band on their stage in front of, you know, Blake Shelton or whatever <laughs> else they got playing this year. You know, I mean, I guess some bands are better than Blake Shelton, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good example. <laughs> I'm hearing some hate against Blake Shelton. <laughs> no, no. In Texoma, you and Gwen. He's not saying anything bad. Matter of fact, he'd love to come out to Oklahoma and, and hang out with you guys. I, I, I don't. I don't think Blake Shelton's listening to this podcast right now. Yeah. I, I really doubt he's listening. He could be. Listening. We are trying to get some more country acts, by the way. We are. So, we, yeah. we are. If you're in the country music, we want all genres of music on this because I listen to country. So, speaking of country uh, acts, well. speaking of country acts on Reverb Nation. You have all genres, right? Yeah, yeah. Anything. Which genre do you think? Because you guys probably started off, I think it's more of a rock and roll for me because I'm a rock and roll type of dude. I would say it's probably more used in the rock 
industry, but has that changed to like kind of all genres and like a lot of all genres? Yeah, it used to be, I was going to say it was probably like, I'm going to say like 60, 65%, maybe even 70% rock at one point in the first few years. But now it's, um, I think it's more than 50% hip hop. It's pretty much exactly no the way it really is in, in real life. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Everyone's jumping on that. Rock is like. Is rock going down? Hell no, it's not. Man, it's all, yeah, it's just. (laughs) What? I'm disappointed. I'm going to get more hip hop artists on. Reverb Nation does have some of the best country uh, acts. Maybe not more like the singer songwriter country acts that I've came across in a long time. Unfortunately, you know, like with my opportunity that I had on there, I wasn't really looking for those, but I wasn't going to shut them out because who knows if they were that yeah. good. And and there was actually a couple of them I picked, but then I did follow up and then I realized they don't have a lot of stuff going on. So it's like, yeah, yeah then, okay, I, I'm, I'm not a right fit for you at this time where you're at because I'm going to do double, triple the amount of work to get you even up to the exactly. level. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it's weird. It's like, some of the biggest artists you've ever heard of all mm-hmm. started their career on our site. So we have uh, like Marin Morris, who's like the biggest thing in in the planet. Um, I don't know who that is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, never heard of that person ever in my life. <laughs> like artist of the year, female artist of the year, song yeah. of the you year. You should check her out. You should yeah. check her out. I guess so. let's get her on the That's podcast and I'll, I'll do some too, so. She She was submitting to all these opportunities. In 2011, I think it was, um, we flew her into New York. No one showed up, and, you know, of course. Now she's, like, won every Grammy wow. and every other award. And same thing with um, Imagine Dragons. They used to submit to these opportunities that, that Sam's talking about when they, I guess it was 2008 or something like that. And they, they did, they actually got passed up by a lot. But they did actually win one thing. It was some Microsoft branding thing. And they were completely unknown. Yeah. You know, they had no fans. No industry ever heard of them. Um, they were on Reverb Nation submitting to these things. So you do find them, just hard to find them. That's crazy. So do you, do you think people can just get found on Reverb Nation without having – because I know what Sam's looking for when he's looking for a band to put under Diamond Noise. We've talked about that several times, and I kind of know what he's looking for. But do you think it's possible for even a new band just to have one song, just one hit, and find some big record label that's like, you know what, this song is legit – Let's go do it. Or do you think they're just going to want to buy their music and sell it to somebody else? Um, I think they're found. We, we, I know we had, as of last year, we had 42 bands that were signed in the last two years from the record labels that use us. We have like 25, 25 to 30 labels uh, and a couple of management companies are in there um, in, that, in that 28, I think it's 28, um, we do A&R for. And 42 bands were signed in the last two years. Um, mostly little, little labels. Um, I mean, you've heard of a bunch of them that probably like Tender Loving and Cloud Kids. So they're not like unknown. They're not, they're not like my label. I have my own label. I just started. It's not like me in my one room. They are really <laughs> legitimate labels. <laughs> um, they, you know, they're signing bands all the time. Manic Cat, I think, just signed I think, three yeah. opportunities in a row. He signed, signed bands with, with us. Um, so they get found. Takes- After that, who knows what happened. Yeah, pop punks. All right, I want to go play our first song right now. This band is called Ghost Town Rebellion. They're signed to Gateway Records, or at least they were at one point. I think they still are. 
This song is called You. It's a new song they just came out with. They were in, I had a battle of the bands. This song was played on that. And I said, you know what? Lou from Reverb Nation is going to be on. And I was like, who am I going to play? And their name like popped into my head. So I want to jam this song right now. Here we go with the Ghost Town Rebellion and the song You. Ghost Town Rebellion, one of my bands I really enjoy out of Northern California. If you like them, go check them out. I don't know if this song is released yet, but they have a bunch of great songs on Spotify, Apple. Uh, they're on YouTube with their music videos, all that good stuff. So, Lou, I want to talk about your management and bands. 
or artists that you've worked with in the past while you were at, with Atlantic and even post Atlantic? All right. Um, let's see. Uh, so I worked like 16 years at Atlantic Records. Um, worked with everyone from Booty and the Blowfish to Jewel, you know, back in the day, all those bands. Um, I was actually George Collin, the comedian. It's actually his product manager. Cool. So he would call me every Wednesday and we'd chat every Wednesday, which was kind of cool. Um, yeah, that was, that was a blast. Uh, trans Orchestra, Kid Rock, Simple Plan, um, Authority Zero from I've had yet to see a Trans-Siberian Orchestra show. They're always sold out every time. No Amazing. matter where I go, I, I've the wife is like, I've got to watch that for Christmas. So I was like, that's probably the worst time to try to get a ticket. <laughs> it is the worst time. It's Christmas is the it's worst time. It's the only time. time. <laughs> but, so, but honey, are, if you're it's... listening, I'm sorry. It, it's never going to probably happen. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, there. I mean, it's the best show you'll ever see. Even if you don't like that kind of music, it's just the light show and the dynamite and everything else going on is insane. So when you much, much well, she, get, kiss. she gets a, she has every CD except for this year. There wasn't a new CD, so yeah. I gave her. Uh, now that's what I call Christmas, whatever. <laughs> country edition. So oh, yeah, there you go. Everyone likes country now. Yeah. Uh, country is <laughs> kind of the country. Well, at least everyone likes hip hop now. Everyone likes country all of a sudden. Well, every, is it country? Yeah. Or is it like a country hip hop mix? That's like go. that's like the thing. I got a question. So when you were with Atlantic Records, when you guys were signing the bands on to the record label, right? Because you, were you, was there a final say-so, or was that kind of under you that someone else could just kind of agree, and you just went with the flow, or did you, were you like, did you ever, no, no, um, no, we're not no, doing that, see, man. I was just, I was, in, I did, I was the head of artist development and marketing for, like, I guess the last four years at Lava, which is part of Atlantic, and um, so I didn't really do anything with the signing, I didn't sign any bands. So okay. they would sign bands, A&R team would sign the band, and they'd say, all right, here's what we're putting out. And a lot of times I would be like, oh, really? How did we sign this shit? But, um, I mean, it's maybe I'm biased. I hear you know so many unsigned bands every single day, and so many of them, and I'm not exaggerating. You know, there's a, there's a couple a week that are better than anything I hear on the radio. Right, 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 right. But but in the old days, you just, record labels would just shove, you know, 200 songs down your throat a year, and that's the only way to listen to music back then. We didn't have the internet. Yeah, but like, was there ever a band that you thought were like, no, and then made it? Yeah, you guys like sticks together? Yeah, And then smoke signals in the air yeah, that's the new single right there. Right there. That's it. Oh yeah, I, I used to make a spear, and I would have somebody spin a vinyl, and then that would be my needle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Made out of like a pterodactyl beak. Was, yeah. was there ever band though? It was that BC like before Christ? And, <laughs> yeah, now, now it's before COVID. I guess. No, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's AC after COVID. It's about to be AC, right? Yeah, yeah. But was there ever a band that you like did not believe in? And you don't have to say a band's name, but was there a band you did not believe in that winded up being like a huge hit? Yeah. And you're like, oh, I guess I didn't see that, but kudos to whoever yep. decided to sign them. Uh, no, so definitely we we actually used to um, take bets. We put them on the little blackboard in our office. So a band called Pearl Jam was coming out the same time as a band called Hootie and the Blowfish was coming out. <laughs> yeah, okay. Like, Hootie and the Blowfish, they're going to they're gonna do like 25,000 albums and that's it. They were horrible. I was freaking wrong. It was like, I think it was like 15 million. I had the black. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's platinum. It's that double was like platinum. like 15 million. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. That 15 million Matchbox 20. But Matchbox 20, I mean, those guys can write songs. This is not my kind of music. I mean, who decides who makes it? Because even if you're signed, like, maybe, and maybe today in 2020, it's way different than it was in 1995. All right? Or 1996. But who yeah. decides, and Sam, you would know this too. I guess this goes to both of you guys with your both of your industry knowledges. When you're in a band, like, who decides? It, there's so many good bands and so money, right? Because there's so many good bands out there. One band can sound just like another band have the same potential. One band makes it. The other band goes back to being accountants and works at Walmart, you know? Like, yeah. how? who decides? Like, is it just who you know? It's a little of everything, really. I mean, it's it could be an A&R guy. You know, if you're a big A&R guy, I won't say a name. So everything he would sign or she would sign, the, the, the company would have to work because it was that person signing it. Or sometimes it's just about, I don't know. I mean, could be... I- I always say yeah. it's the music. It has to start. Well, it with is the music. It's a hit song. A hit, a hit. It's all about the song. It has to I be hit. the major labels then, for sure. That will decide whether or not they're going to pump money into it. Yeah, that's crazy, man. And it, then the A and R guy, if he keeps on this losing streak, he's like a car car salesman. So he's got to jump to the next label and yeah. go be A and R over there and be like, "Well, I'm over here now." When the truth is, like he was getting forced out because his sales were mirrored. going down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would never ever personally for me not to diss any band out there i would never want to be in a band at my age now like it's a dream when i was younger I, i'm a drummer and i was like yeah i'm gonna be a famous rock star because i have a lot of energy i've always had energy but nowadays i'd rather be a solo dude doing a fucking podcast talking to all the other bands and that yeah. that's fun for me you know that's you, it's hard to get dick pills on the road, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I'm saying, Sam. You're over there. You're on that side of me, right? There you are. <laughs> Look at the camera. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. That's great. <laughs> I fucking hate you guys. <laughs> Lou, I, it, being doing what, what you've done, has your whole motivation or your drive changed? with the way the industry has went? Or do you think you kind of caught on with the whole MP3 website, getting that going? Like, you kind of started in 2006, right? Yeah. So when you started, you saw the world going towards the internet and yeah. getting stuff online. Was that a... And that's kind of, that was kind of a... Maybe a gamble, maybe not a gamble, but you envisioned it. And... Oh, yeah. yeah. how... I mean, has it yeah, changed it was, since... It was a gamble. I mean, it was weird. I had this idea, this whole Reverb Nation idea in 1999. And um, I put together like this two-page piece of paper, you know, a really shitty business plan, I guess you'd call it, um, and, and <laughs> brought it to the guys at Atlantic Records. Actually, I went to Warner Music Group. And they were like, why would anyone want to listen to music on a computer? Why would artists and fans ever want to talk to each other? You know, they, they just laughed at me. And then, like, three years later, I think it was, like, MySpace was born, which is pretty similar um, at the time. And then I took the same reverb, the same two-page paper to, with some investors, and they were like, yeah, let's do it. So we, we were actually really – I mean, it, I, it sounds like an ego trip, but we were way ahead of the game. We were very, very innovative at the beginning. We were the first uh, Facebook app for musicians. Um, oh, wow. It was 2000, 2000, end of 2005 is when we really – kind of launched it, soft okay. launched it. 
and nobody was doing any anything we were doing. Plus, in one place, like there was email systems, and there was Sonic bids doing press kits, but we actually did everything. Yeah. For, you would know, you play. say that? Would you say that? What about uh, live events in general? Because you know that's our biggest problem right now. Is yeah. A lot of bands get back to live entertain uh, live events. Because I like to say that's where the magic happens. That's where you either find out if you have a fan or you don't have a fan. Yeah, that's I how agree. you find out if that click on, say, Spotify, it, that quote unquote fan that clicks and listens to your music in that city actually comes through that front door. Right. Would you say that if live events and live music never returns, do you think we still have the same, uh, the same thing? No, I think it's um. I, I, maybe because I'm a lot older, um, I I can't. I have to have live music. To me, that's what a musician is all about. I can't yeah. imagine a day where just listening to Spotify and stuff like that, not being able to see a live event or something like that. You know, I, I hate when I see artists like lip sync, like every award show and every, really almost every band that you hear on the radio, they don't even play live anymore. <clears throat> that's so crazy, man. That is, is even that the is... rock bands. I know that, and that's so sad because when you go to a concert, like for me, the reason why I loved Papa Roach growing up, it wasn't because their music. I could give a shit less. They, their music sounded like every other music coming out of yeah, Mountain exactly. California. But what they had was stage presence. Yeah, they had a show, and when you got a show, <clears throat> it's like like when they got signed, they were really weren't a great band. Jacoby could not sing that well. Now he's a great singer because of all the lessons he's had and whatever, but they put on a good show. I remember uh, at one time, I think DreamWorks was there at a concert. The concert got stopped because someone threw a rock through a window. Jacoby had a megaphone, went out to the parking lot, and sang the rest of the song with the megaphone and everyone uh, around awesome. him. And that gave the audience goosebumps. That gave everyone the chills. That's putting on a good show. You want to be in a good band? If you're a fucking good band, I'm going to tell all, every band listens right now. If you are in a band and you are awesome, if you do not have stage presence, I don't want to see you live. I'd rather listen to yep. you on Spotify. Well, what will happen is no one will want to see him live because that word of mouth will get around too. They'll be like, eh. Yeah. But there are bands that are big that have horrible stage presence. Oh, lots of well, them. They, they but they don't, last, they, don't, they don't usually last that long. They don't. They don't usually like they're like radio five hits and five yeah, exactly, exactly. Do you ever listen? Yeah. Do you ever listen to music on your own platform, Lou? And because you work still, I, I assume you still kind of work with Atlantic Records. You have some connects there and know yeah. some people. Do you ever listen to music on your own platform, or do you just like that? Not because there's so many, or do you find someone like, hey, check these guys out? These guys are pretty good. Yeah, I definitely. Um, I listen to. The stuff on my own platform because uh, in some cases when these people submit to these opportunities, in some cases I'll actually be the one who's curating. Um, not not all of them, but I'll, I'll listen to like with Summerfest or Sturgis Festival. I'll go through you know a couple hundred submissions just to help the guy out. Uh, it'll be like you know you don't have to waste your time with these three hundred <laughs> bands. They just they don't they don't fit. You know they're not going to play. They, they don't work well with Kid Rock on yeah. um, headlining and stuff like that. Um, so I still listen, and, and it, when, when I hear something really, really good, um, I'll either send it to an A&R person, um, but not that often. Uh, I'll send it to some managers or um, a booking agent friend of mine I send every once in a while. He's always like, Lou, you got to get me another uh, Crobot, Spank Crobot that I found. Um, <laughs> yeah. He just loved them. They never got really big, they but they're, they're still around. But what is it? Uh, handlebars is about the... 
Isn't that handlebars? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, is it? No, not not handlebars. Um, it's the band from uh, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. The same band you're thinking of? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, yeah. I'm creeping up there there in age too, and and one of the biggest (laughs) things is I go, wait, was that that band? I think they're called. Something bots, obviously, that's probably what uh, triggered it. And it was yeah. like, you told me the handlebars, handlebars with my handlebars. <laughs> with my handlebars. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. so they were kind of, they were kind of like a rage, uh, uh, uh elephants, uh, the KG They're kind of like KG elephant a little bit. I'll yeah. tell you guys who sings that song. Google it. Flowbots, Flowbots. Oh, yeah, not Flowbots. You were right with the bots. You were right with the bots who used it. That's what I'm saying. I'm not wrong. I'm just old, and it's fucking starting to mess with me a little bit. Was that a a one-hit band? Yeah, I think so. I, I'm pretty sure they got something going on, but they're just not traction. It's, if you it's traction, if you, if you if you if you to keep it going. Once you Sebastian, once you get that song that gets that traction, you got to have that follow up song before that song even became famous. Yeah. Because and then you got to have the money to market it and put it out there in front of everyone else who's doing the same thing. Yeah, everyone's got ADD. What's gonna happen? I have ADD for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah me, but, me too. <laughs> well, so, 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 how many, how many record labels do you think lose money over artists? Because it doesn't. I don't know if this is right or not, but doesn't the record label fund? It's kind of like a loan, right? Where they fund the artist all this money to get all their promotions, all this stuff. But if they don't make their money back from the first album or second album, you lose it. You lose it, right? Yeah, yeah. It's not, I mean, like it's funny because artists always bash the labels. You know, oh, you know. They, they spend all this money, but it's all recoupable and stuff like that. I'm like, it's better than a mortgage or a, a real loan. Like if you, if you take out a mortgage from a house, if you can't, you know, they, they don't, the bank doesn't, you don't get the money back. You know, you lose the house. Right. You know, right. They, they, right. It's not yeah. like, you know, they're kicking but, your but ass label. Right. Yeah. A record label, they're making your, you know, they're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars to make your album and promote it and everything else. If it's not a success, they're not asking for their money back. No, they're just they like, just we're, not, we're not going to support you anymore. We're Go just home. not going to support you anymore. Oh, the record label's not like you still owe me like $2 million? That's not how it works? Nope. No. Oh, really? Shit. If you get one of those contracts, <laughs> you better run. You better yeah. run. Maybe, maybe, Lou, that's what we should do. We should have contracts that says, hey, this is a loan and it needs to be paid back. Yeah. In fact, call us... Uh, instead of uh, Fannie Mae, call us Music Mae. <laughs> you yeah, hey, Music Mae. Well, it's weird because I, I work with so many like big managers over my years. One one manager used to always tell me, you want to get the biggest royalty rate, you know, because the record labels they get, they basically take 80, 85% and you get 15 to 20. He's like, you want the biggest, you want a 50-50. If you can get a 50-50, that's amazing. And then another manager, and, and that was a big manager, another manager who managed um, ACDC and Transiberian, a lot of other big, big uh-huh. bands. They were like, you want to get the biggest advance possible, and you don't give a shit if you ever ca- get a royalty check because you're not getting one anyway. <laughs> so you might as well take the five million dollar advance and run, you know? Because most of the time you don't recoup. I think when I was in Atlantic, and this is like industry wide, uh-huh. I think it was only I think ninety six percent failure rate, something like that. No shit. Oh so, yeah. Damn. So when you're in a record label, I didn't know it was that high. I thought it was yeah. like in the seventies, but not no, 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 it was it was high nineties. 
That <laughs> that's worse than starting a restaurant. That's like way bad, dude. I thought the restaurant <laughs> industry was bad. Record yeah. label industry really gets shit on. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, what I, I think what contributes to a lot of that is what happens is is one one label signs a band, they do hot. Let Let's take Nickelback for example. There was a label that wanted all Nickelback type on the same label, and it's like you can't have that. People don't diversify their ears like that. And what did we end up giving? We ended up giving uh, uh, Rev Theory. Is that what it was? Rev Theory. Probably, probably Rev Theory. Yeah, Rev Theory. Theory, and it sounded exactly like Nickelback, and it was produced by Nickelback. <laughs> and and, and that is Dean, their manager. Hey, Dean, if you're listening to this podcast, Dean, <laughs> you know this. I know this. The whole industry. I'm not bashing Rev. We'd still love to do that tour. <laughs> what I'm saying is because that's been a that's been a constant, in my opinion, this has been a constant argument that fans because okay. they they lose their sound or they change their sound and they lose their fans. Let's take Bring Me the Horizon. Shit, even Weezer when they change something, they lost fans because they wanted to hear that old stuff. But you, as an artist, you have to change with the time. Papa Roach, you're. Bo- I, I you're get. Bo- no, I get that. I get what I'm saying is. I'm not Jacoby's even... on my friend's new album. I, I just heard yeah. Jacoby on my Reach 454 album. Did you? Yeah, he was that, on Reach. Yeah, he's a, he's my buddy. I mean, uh, I like the the latest thing that I like Jacoby on. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk about your boy. Uh, he's not my uh, boy. I don't know him. I don't know him. I don't know him. I don't know Jacoby. Okay, you knew you knew the next door neighbor. Um, yeah, but I like <laughs> the, the, the Who when he did the guest vocals on the Who. Wolf told him. I think that was great. I think that was great. That was a great all around because that God, that was a breath of fresh air. That, that's that Mongolian heavy metal band. Oh yeah, yeah, those guys are awesome. Yeah, yeah, those guys are good. If you haven't heard them, go check no, no, out I heard the heat. Okay, okay. I, I saw I, it on YouTube. You, you were looking. Yeah, maybe you just. It's okay. You don't like them, but. On and I was like, so there's a running joke. If you want your song, your metal song to be better, go get Jacoby. <laughs> oh, is that, is, that a, is that a thing? I can see, yeah, I can see thing. that. That motherfucker's good though, man. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah. I, hey, hey, look, yeah. there's a way to sell out. There's a way to sell out and still be fucking cool. And I think that he has the way to do it. Like the I good way to do, do that, Robert De Niro. You, you. <laughs> Let's talk about Animal Son. They're one of uh, your bands, right, Sam? No. I, I played the fifth. They're they're lose bands, not mine. They were mine. No, they still Sam, are. They're still on Nation, and we still do submit to a couple opportunities. Um, you know, this year, uh, Animal Sun, they've been a band for a while, but on over in North Carolina, um, and then they moved out. They get they did the Hollywood Dream, move out to L. A. and started working with Robert. I forget how to say his name, last name Magnumboff. He did Devo's. Uh, he did all the keys, Grammy yeah. Award winning, all the sounds, all the synth sounds. Started working with him, and then started working with a, a young, young producer. But he's given some good sounds. We got this killer album that the guys went and did. Um, you know, Reverb Nation. We were able to get a couple. I think we got the American Songwriter. We got that. That's cool. Out, yeah, okay. out of there, that was cool. Lou doesn't um, know. Then, He's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. I get a lot of different awards on my thing. He wasn't the one that did that opportunity. You know what? I can tell you, Lou will email you if it's if he's in charge of that certain opportunity or 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 yeah. something. Like that. He he emailed me, and that's when I was able to tell him, "You need more metal bands." 
And you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> um, it's so funny because the metal bands are like, uh, they'll say that. They'll like, like the rock people will be like, you need more rock. And the other people say it's different. And older bands say, oh, there's all young bands on it. And the young bands are like, oh, it's all a bunch of old bands. I'm like, oh, whatever. I mean, yes, I know yeah. it's exactly. Yeah. It's exactly the way the real industry is. That's what we get. Do you see your bands signing up? Do you see every hate email that comes into Reverb Nation? Do you see no. every? No, you don't. Do you see? But mm. do do you get the ones that are like, "Hey, dude, you got to look at this one," or does someone else's handle all that? Well, I I got a guy, and I don't know how he got in touch with me, but um, he instant messaged me on on uh, Instagram, and I don't. I'm on I'm on Instagram and Facebook, but I don't look at the messages. I don't want to be doing business through that shit. So that's why I got a hold. That's why I got a hold of you. Smoke signals. Remember? Yeah, he but he, he ragged on me. He just big oh. long paragraph saying how the website is horrible. You can't, you can't even put your music up, even though I'm being distributed by you. And then he said, uh, it says I live in Franklin square, but I don't, I live in Manhattan. He could change all that shit. Don't, don't, <laughs> he typed that in. He literally yeah. typed in Franklin square. I wouldn't. <laughs> you didn't change it. It's not He's Wikipedia, right? Yeah. Probably, he'd probably fuck that one up, too. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> but then he's like, I've been emailing your support team for months now. Then I looked it up. He's been on the website for six days. Six days. Oh, jeez. And he, yeah. he, he distributed, he's distributing through us, but he never lo- loaded his songs onto his profile. So he's saying that. It should have been done automatically. I'm like, don't tell me. I don't, I'm not a technology guy, but there must be a reason why we don't do that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's crazy, man. So, I can only imagine the flack. And the, the bigger you get, the more known you are, yes. the more hate you're going to, the more love you're going to get too. Yeah. But it, it comes, you know, like, you know, even as a podcaster for me, I know there's going to be a time where people do not like the interview that I gave them. They're not going to like my show. I'm going to have a bad day. Or the personalities just didn't connect. Didn't jive, yeah. And, 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 but it's all a learning experience for me, and I take it, and that's going to happen. I know it's going to happen. Here we go with Animal Sun, The Girl in Blue.
All right, that was Animal Sun, Girl in Blue. I want to thank Sam uh, McIntosh for introducing me to that band. I literally listen to pop music every day of my life, dude. Every day, I listen to pop uh, Y2K and uh, on got, XM Radio. We got a new song coming out the 22nd, Every Word, Stand By. You guys are going to love this song, so we're going to see a, all the ads being run pretty soon. So, And all jokes aside, I, I really do like them, and we want to get them for an interview on the podcast. They'll be They're super coming. fantastic. Yes, yep, I appreciate it. What were you going to say, Lou? Nothing. Yeah, nothing. Yeah, nothing. Yeah, nothing. Yeah, nothing to say. I like your posters. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> Look, I do. I do. I, what are your hobbies outside of music? Like, what's Lou like when he's not working and listening to music? Sleeping. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, I play poker once a month. Nice. Um, with my friends that I went to high school with, so long time. Um. I play softball. <laughs> Sorry. No, no. My dad, no, hey, my, my dad was on a softball league. Hey, I, the I, older you get, the bigger the ball gets because the yeah, worse the eyes yeah, get. Exactly. It's actually exactly. pretty hard. Yeah. <laughs> so I've been, I've been playing like competitively for years. I pitch. So I, I love it. Winning it out. Um, pretty much it. You know, I go well, to restaurants a lot. Do you Both cook? Eat. Oh, you like the boat? I got a boat. I got a, boat, a little boat. It's like a 19-foot boat. I, I live right near the water, so. If you cook something, what's your favorite thing to cook? To cook? Eggs? Uh, it's some, any type <laughs> of spaghetti. <laughs> are, you, are, you, are you Italian? Are you, are you, are you Italian from, the, from New York? Yeah, Italian. How many Puerto Rican friends you got? Um, one of my best friends. Yeah? My um, dad? But, but I don't... <laughs> Just one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Puerto Rican. My, my dad's from actually my dad's from New York. All my dad's from New York City, and so uh, we're Puerto Rican uh, Italians. But I, I'm from California. I'm from California. Yeah. But I think I got the East Coast attitude a little bit. You do. <laughs> so that's, you what, do. So that's, that's what I've heard. Lou, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for what you go. This, this this episode sponsored by Cup of Noodles. Cup of noodles. <laughs> Fuck those Italians. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I got it. Hey, I, mean, I got it. <laughs> Prozac? Is that what that was? <laughs> I want, dude. I want to thank you for coming on our podcast. I know we're a little bit unorthodox. We kind of talk about things a little bit differently. That's what's fun. Sam, thank you for yeah. being a part of the show. Lou, thanks for coming on the show. The Loft Ball with Sebastian. We do have some merchandise coming out very soon. We have a website that we're working on right now. Right, Sam? We got that going on. on. Sam's taking over my Instagram. You can find us on Facebook, The Loft Ball with Sebastian. Please go to our YouTube channel. We're trying to go grow that, The Loft Ball with Sebastian. Lou with Reverb Nation. Co-founder, content, the creator of, like it was your idea from the beginning, right? Yep, yep. So we appreciate you being on. Everybody have a great night, and we hope you enjoy the podcast. Goodbye. Take care, guys. This is the Loud Spot outro by Nothing Short of Tragic. Is this all talk with no action? No. Is this my thoughts with distraction? No. Is this what I bought that's in fashion? Or is this the Loud Spot with Sebastian? Yes. Does Nothing Short of Tragic have his back again? Yes. Does everything that's good really have to end?
What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.